Welcome back to Life at Hobridge School, the podcast where we speak to pupils, staff and parents to find out what it's really like there. Every week we'll be talking to one of the members of the school community to hear real stories of life in the school. And today we're talking to Callum Mackay, who left the school back in 2008 and is now a professional golfer. We're going to find out how the school has changed since he was there, how Hobridge made him who he is today and what his current life looks like as a professional golfer. Tracy Clark Sullivan takes us into that conversation, so come with us as we step inside now. Well, it's always fascinating to find out what pupils go on to do in later life. Callum Mackay is former head boy at Hobridge School and is now better known for his exploits with a small ball and a long walk. I'm delighted to welcome professional golfer Callum to our podcast. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Now, tell me, when were you at Hobridge School? I started, it was my first school, um, started out, well, the, the starting year is a bit fuzzy, but I ended up leaving <laughs> in 2008, seems like a lifetime ago, but um, yeah, still very dear to my heart, even in this day. So what are your memories? All joy, really. It was a, a yeah, I feel very privileged to have gone to um, a school like Hobridge, very fortunate. I would hope all the students there feel the same. It was really Growing up as a as a boy, um, it was just a fantastic environment to be with friends and also learn. You know, the event, you know that was why we were all at school, and it, it became a, a place where I really wanted to go to every day, um, hang out with my friends, and and learn from what the teachers had to say, and allow me to go on and do what I wanted to do today. So, were you at all sporty at school? Um, I was. I think when I look back at Hobridge, it it was a place that really allowed you to get involved in lots of different things. Growing up, sport was always a passion of mine. I played every every, every sport going, football, rugby, hockey, cricket, anything with a ball, really. Um, that, was, that, was, that was my growing up. That was my passion. That's what I love to do. And Hobridge allowed me to not only participate and do all of those and do all of those sports but it allowed me to thrive and they had a great sports program there and um, we have fantastic sports teachers there and it, they really pushed you to go on and do and do great things we had great teams I had a, a lot of my a lot of my best friends you know we were on the same sports teams and whatever so yeah sport was always a an early part of my life and and it was really only later on when I decided I wanted to focus in on on one sport which ended up being golf but it was definitely not my first love and I uh, yeah I loved all the sports and I loved being in a team environment but yeah sport was definitely a, a large large part of my of, of, of my upbringing my youth. You're obviously showing talent how did you mix that sort of talent to being a sports person with the academic side did you find the school helped with that? I think that the really you know even t- touched on it a bit there and what I said but I think I think Hobridge was a fantastic place that got you involved in everything, no matter if it was sport or the arts or whatever it may be. It, it really got you involved and gave you the opportunity to do all these things. And without the opportunity, you know, you would you would never have never have done half the things that I did. And I think the balance came from you know parents that said you know there's definitely a balance that you've got to have some work and some play which that was always a that I, I was never a real standout academic kid I was a I would hope above average student but 
I really tried hard at academics. It wasn't something that I, I would ever slack off on. I really put my heart and soul into my work and tried to do the best I could. It, it went hand in hand with, with the sport, but the sport was what I had a real passion for and, and, and was a driving force for what I wanted to do. But I think I had the right balance of, of work and play, which, which was important. Hmm. And I think, how do you balance that? I think it's, it's tough. I think the sport and being integrated in a team environment will get you a long way. I think it provides you with so many good connections in life, but you'd need that educational background to help you. And, you know, when you go into the workplace and try and find jobs, I think sport is a real common ground of a lot of people. So it's a it's a real icebreaker and something you can talk about. But obviously, you need that educational side as well. So I think, yeah, there was always a balance. But sport was my my main driving passion, to be honest. Your thing. It was. <laughs> Do you stay in touch at all? Do you see much of the school? Yeah, I um I still live um in the Woking area, so I'll try and go back at least one maybe once a year, one once every two years, just um pop my head in. Obviously, hmm. obviously things have changed since I've since I uh, I left there, and a lot of the a lot of the staff have moved on. But it's really nice to still see familiar faces. You know, I was there when um Mr Lowry was still there, and he's still at the school, so I often keep in touch with him and a lot of the a lot of the other teachers that I had you know there are a few that are still there but I keep in touch with a lot of the a lot of the staff that were there when I when I was there in in terms of social media or catching up every now and then. And do you see the developments with the school? Has the school sort of come on since your day? Do you look back and think, wow? It's an interesting one. I think the facilities of the school have changed dramatically. I think, you know, when I went there last time, they had the new art centre and things like that. I mean, just a massive asset to the school. And I I would hope that it, it gets all the kids involved in that extra co-curricular activity. But I think... Now, to see it change, I, I would really hope that the, what's, I'm trying to think of the word, the ethos of the school has not changed all that much. I think that that was the real heart and soul of foundation of the school was a fantastic ethos. And I think every student knew what you were getting. You were getting a great education from great teachers, but in a fun and willing to learn environment. Mm. And I would hope that that hasn't changed but you know times and characteristics of the school change you know when I was when I was there it was you know Mr Barr that was headmaster and I presume I think it's Mr Webster's the headmaster there now you know I I presume different headmasters bring different characteristics to the school Hmm. I imagine some things have changed I I don't you know I'm I'm only uh you know an an old boy looking in from the outside and I'm not there day to day now so (laughs) you know it's not the I don't see the full runnings of the school but in terms of an overall ethos I would hope that it's not changed all that much to be honest. Yeah. It obviously has fond memories. Is there anything that you could sort of kick yourself for and think, oh, if only if I knew what I knew now, I would have done this at school? Yeah, yeah it's an interesting one, isn't it? You sort of look back and, and go, oh, what decisions could I have made? But oh, I look at, when, I, when I look at where I am now, I think that there's a lot to be said for the decisions that you make early on, push you to where you're going to be in later on in life. And sitting here talking today, I would I don't really want to change where I am. You know, I mm. love I love doing what I do. So to say, or oh, would you change the choices that you made at school? You know, probably, probably not, to be honest. But 
what I would say is that, you know, if I had, a, a, if I was giving advice to students to, you know, or, or these or ki- uh, boys and girls at Hobridge to, to be where they want to be, I think it, I, you know, as I've mentioned earlier, it's a great environment to just throw yourself into every opportunity that you can, because the later you go in life, you don't have those opportunities. So try and take advantage of them when you're young, basically. Mm. Because those opportunities diminish the older you get, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, looking back, would I change a lot? Um, as I said, yeah, maybe maybe not so much because I think those decisions brought me to where I am. That's great to hear, actually. Great to hear. Yeah, I, no, I, yeah, I, I'll stick with that answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fantastic. So do you think there are any sort of particular qualities that you need now? Because obviously you're in a tough life and we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. Are there any qualities that you kind of honed at the school that have helped you along the way? Yeah, I think that there was a lot of things early on that being at Hobridge taught me a lot of aspects, sort of general things in life that 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 will live with me forever. You know, I think it's a school that was a real community and I and I still keep in touch with a lot of guys from my year, so there was a there was a lot of respect towards each other and a lot of driving force for all of us to go on and do great and good things hopefully I think in the industry you know in my profession now it taught me a lot about hard graft and Mm -hmm. you know keep your head down and as I said I've I've never been standout person I was never a standout kid I was I'm I'm still not uh, you know an absolute standout I have to work really hard at anything I do it just it doesn't come naturally to me I'm, I was never naturally gifted at anything it's a it's really for me about putting in hours putting in work and I think that actually I learned that at Hobridge where you know as I already said I wasn't the brightest kid in the world I was an average student but I the teachers there it was about doing as best you can and 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 doing it well and doing it to the best of your ability and that, and I don't think that will ever change I think that's a really good skill to have in life I don't think that will ever change you can only do your best that's all you can do and I guess it's the best teachers aren't they that draw things out of us oh 100% you'll always have those you're all, no matter who you are you'll always have those teachers that you remember and I always think those are the best teachers you know you I always say you know you might have teachers that you know want to push you to be better and and you think oh I can't do that and they're going yes you can yes you can and at that age you know they might even you might even think they might be getting on at you a bit but those are the teachers that when you look back on your life that are the best teachers that you've had and I was fortunate enough to have a lot of those teachers at at Hobridge that pushed me to be able to do what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go. Because you went on to uh, to college and then you went on to, uh, was it university in America? Were those very different experiences to Hobridge? Yeah, I, I went off to Bradfield College boarding school after after Hobridge. That was something that quite early on I thought I might want to do and, and give a try and loved my five years that I spent there. And then after finishing off at Bradfield, yeah, I, went, I had the opportunity to go on a sports scholarship to play golf out in America, out in Florida. The sunshine seemed very appealing, so I took that <laughs> opportunity up. Tough life. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and had an amazing four years playing golf and getting an economics and finance degree at the same time um, out in America. You know, as I, as I said, that all stemmed from, you know, my experiences at Hobridge and and the person that Hobridge molded me 
mm. into to then make those choices to say, yeah, I'd like to go away from school and uh, to a boarding school and not feel so drastically far away when I when I went all the way across the pond to Florida. It obviously instilled confidence in you. Big time. To be honest, that would probably be one of the key fundamental things. I was never a really confident kid growing up. I always I always had confidence in my own ability. But when I when I think of that that question you asked earlier on, what you know, what what do you think how do you think Hobridge helped you in today's? I think that it did really install a confidence in me. And being a professional athlete, especially in golf, there's a real fine line between confidence and arrogance. As a professional athlete, you always want to be at the highest end of confident. You never want to go mm. over into the arrogant side, but you want to be at the highest level of, of confidence. You want to pitch up to every every event, every tournament, every match going, I can win this. You know, it doesn't matter who I come up against. I, I believe that I can win. Because if you don't, to be honest, you may as well not be out there. So you have to have that confidence installed in you. That's just... Unfortunately, that's just part of the life. You have to be confident in your own ability. Talking of that, how is life on your uh, pro golf circuit? What are you up to at the moment? <laughs> well, this this coronavirus lockdown um, has mm. thrown a cog into the wheelworks, but um, it's been going great. You know, I, I think there's a misinterpretation on what a professional athlete is athletes like it life is like you know it's not all glitz and glam <laughs> you know you look at the guys that are playing on you know the, on the highest levels of the pga tour and you see them flying around in private jets and at lovely locations unfortunately it's not like that yet i'd love to get there <laughs> oh you're not gonna let me down that was me imagining you in your <laughs> in a black jet yeah that would be really nice. It'll come. <laughs> oh, hopefully. Um, but unfortunately, at the moment, you know, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of flying around the world. You get, you get to, you sit in a lot of airports and you're in a lot of hotel rooms, and it's not the luxury that everyone thinks. But as I always say, you, to do this game, you have to love the life as much as you love the game. If you, mm. you know the. That's the hard bit. The hard bit is being away from your friends and family for, you know, I was away for. 240 odd days of the year last year long time yeah you know it's a long time out on the road you know you you could be away for five six weeks back to back playing tournaments and you've got to embrace that life and love that life as much as you love playing the game and hopefully winning and I think that that's like any athlete you have up and you have ups and downs and you know the the hard times are when you potentially are not playing as well as you would love to be playing you know you still got to catch another flight to from london to cairo or london to johannesburg or wherever it may be and then mm. still go and try and perform your best yeah and when you get there so the world doesn't stop turning just because you might be playing bad so you got to pick yourself up and get on the plane to wherever the next place is and do your best and it's a different world that the sport of golf these days, isn't it? It's so much more athletic, so much more to it. Presumably, you have to put a lot of time in on that side of it. Yeah, I would, I would, I would completely agree with that. I think in my generation, when you look at figures in the game of golf that changed the game, there's really only one that springs to mind, and that's Tiger Woods. And you know, he revolutionised the game of golf for my generation in it being not so much an activity but a sport mm. you go to you go away to these tournaments now and you know I wake up at 5 30 in the morning play my round of golf in a tournament and by two o'clock in the afternoon you're in the gym 
and you're you know you're trying to stay as fit as possible you're trying to stay injury free you know that's the other big thing is that your career and your and 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 your longevity is for a lot of people has decided on how many injuries you can not have basically mm. you've got to try and stay injury free and and a lot of that is trying to take care of your own body when you get off the when you get off the plane after flying to Santiago Chile and you've been on the plane for 14 hours you know, the last thing you really want to do is pick yourself up and go in the gym but that's what has to be done and you have to then be ready to play the next day or play in the next couple of days for 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 a tournament so yes i would i would completely agree that the face of the sport has changed dramatically in becoming an, an athletic sport rather than a sport that from the outside people look at and and many young go oh well, my granddad plays every Saturday <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so uh, yeah I think from a professional's point of view I think it's changing changing for the better and enjoying it presumably still loving it absolutely Good. loving it I think you know, growing up as a junior it was I played the game of golf because I loved the game of golf you know as I said at the start it wasn't my first love I loved cricket. I loved all the other sports. And it was actually a teacher at Hobridge, Mr. Chandler, that my dad played. But he was the one that really sort of introduced me to the game of golf. I remember on a Wednesdays in activity periods, one of the we had like a rotating do all these different sports. And one of the things that we go across the road to the Hobridge Golf Centre and I sort of thought, Oh, actually, I'm 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 quite good at this, and I think I might start start taking this a bit more seriously, and and started going along to to watch Dad play, and whether I was caddying for him or you know he might let me hit a few balls and play, and that was how I got started out in the game. Again, it all stems from that tiny school in in Woking, England. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you win the Open, we'll look back and that moment when Mr. Chandler said this, you're going to like this. You'll be I thinking know. you'll have him in your head. I will. I will. Yeah, I will. Uh, it's it seems it seems a very long time ago now, but um, no, it's uh, truly truly blessed to be introduced introduced to a game that I now get to play for a living, which is um, enjoyable and and hopefully stays that way. Perfect. Well, thank you very much indeed for joining me today. Very good luck for the next season. Where are you off to next? I am off to Italy at the end of April and then I go to Egypt beginning of May. Well, good luck. Preparation to do. Hopefully <laughs> everybody at the school will be, be looking, looking for your name on that leaderboard. Thanks for joining us today. No, no, my pleasure. Thank you very much. So that was Callum Mackay, professional golfer and previous pupil from Hopebridge. Thank you, Callum, for coming on to this episode of the podcast. Now, if you'd like to get in touch with the school, just visit hopebridgeschool.co.uk and the staff will always be happy to help you. And if you haven't followed this channel yet, then now's the time to do so, because then when each episode is released, you'll receive a small notification to let you know. So go do that. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode and we we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye for now.